welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. How many people believe that, that Jesus makes the darkness tremble? Oh, good morning and welcome to Soul Revival Church at home. My name is TJ. My wife, Melissa, and I are lead pastors here, and we're so thankful to have you join us. If you're in the room with us today, you can go ahead, take a seat. If you're online, you can take a seat too. Hopefully things were getting exciting in your living room the way it was here, because God is doing something so incredible and amazing. And uh, we'd love for you to say hello. Um, In the room here, you can wave to one another. We've got a team on the other side of this camera that makes this possible every single Sunday, which is so amazing, but we're thankful to have you joining us online. So we'd love for you to say what's up in the comments section. Let us know where you're watching, on your couch, in the car. You don't have to tell us that you're in the bathroom, but some of you may be there, but (laughs) oh, I thought that was funny. But thanks for joining us today. Uh, We're kicking off a brand new series called In the Waiting. In the Waiting. We sang some songs just then, one season's That's an amazing Christmas song. If that's not on your list, you should listen to it and really go back and watch the lyrics. We'll actually close out service today with that song again because of the response that we can have and what it looks like and knowing that there's different seasons of our lives, different seasons that we face, different struggles we may encounter. So our Christmas series is going to be titled In the Waiting because in anticipation for Jesus, for thousands of years they were waiting for the Messiah. And then after his birth, there was a waiting that took place before he actually stepped into his ministry where he died for us. And then from there, now there's a waiting season before Jesus comes back again. And it seems like we're always waiting. And you might be able to relate. You're always waiting on something. I feel like the season we're in right now, we're just waiting for there to be a vaccine, right? You might be waiting on a test result to come back, letting you know, did you have COVID or not? Because somebody you knew knew somebody who was in front of somebody. You're like, I better get tested just to be safe, right? It's such a crazy time that we're in. But you might be waiting on pregnancy where God has put in your heart to be a parent and you're just in this season of waiting. And we were in that season of waiting, which was so challenging and difficult. But some waiting is different too. You might be waiting on a job. You put in an application and you're waiting to hear back because you just so desperately need to start finding purpose again. Or maybe you're just waiting for someone to text you back. You ever get it when you're texting them and then you see the little bubbles pop up? You're like, all right, they're responding and they disappear. And you're like, this must be a really long text and you just keep looking at it, waiting. It's gonna pop up any moment and it never comes. And you're just waiting like, come on, man, reply to me. Or maybe you're waiting for the next J's to drop and then you go online and you say, boom, you're in line. And then you're waiting to see if you got a pair. And if you're me, you never get it which is disappointing, but that's okay. Life goes on because we're always in the waiting for something. But in this series, as we look at how to wait well, we want to explore three areas that we can wait well. Three areas that Jesus teaches us how we can wait. And that's waiting with peace, waiting with hope, and waiting with joy. Because you can have peace in the waiting. You can have hope in the waiting. And you can have joy in the waiting. And if you've got your Bible with you today, uh, I want to read a verse for you in Isaiah that really speaks to the season that we're in, really kick off this In the Waiting series with us. It's going to be Isaiah 9. Uh, But if you are a guest with us, thanks for joining us. Uh, We want you to know at Soul Revival Church, you don't have to believe to belong. 
because all are welcome here. And as we look at the Bible, it's not a rule book on how you can earn the love of God. That is never something we can earn. God is perfect and we are broken people. No one is perfect, not even one. But this is his love story about how he created a perfect world. Man created sin through our decisions and separated us from God. So it's about him coming back after us, how we can have a direct relationship with him through Jesus. And through that relationship with Jesus, we can live a life filled with peace, filled with hope, and filled with joy. And the guidelines that our Bible gives us is to protect us. It's to protect us, not make us feel ashamed or condemned because there's no condemnation in Christ. But if you've gone to Isaiah 9, I'm going to read verse 6 for you today. It says, for us to... For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And I just want to point something out right now. This is before Jesus' birth. This is a prophecy about the future. So when you read the Old Testament, this is from the Old Testament. That's before Jesus. New Testament is after Jesus. Well, it's his life and then what happens afterwards. And it says, And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you so much that you are here, that you are in the waiting. Uh, and as we sang in that song, that even if you're not done wait or uh, done working, we're not done waiting because you've got a plan and a purpose for our lives. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be felt here. I pray that you would help me get out of the way that whatever you have to say today, uh, people would hear your voice. They would encounter your love and they would feel your grace that surpasses everything. So we pray it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 This is the season of Christmas and Christmas movies and Christmas traditions. If you joined us early, there was a slide that asked you what your favorite Christmas movie was. If you didn't get a chance to respond, throw it in the comment section now. If you did, throw it in again. Because it's fun to get to celebrate Christmas and have those different traditions with families. And and this year, we actually introduced our boys. We have three boys, Matthew, Micah, and Malachi. They're eight, six, and four. And this was the first year we introduced Home Alone. How many people like Home Alone? Anybody in here? Classic. Home Alone is incredible. And then there's Home Alone 2. I know some people like prefer one over the other, but I like Home Alone 2 because it's like, it's a little bit different. In Home Alone 1, He gets left at home, but it's home, and he's kind of familiar with it, and he just starts freaking out as the bad guys come after him. But Home Alone 2, he gets lost in New York City. He gets on a plane going to the wrong place, and he ends up sitting there, and he's in this wrong location. And if you're a parent, more more likely a mom. Us us guys, I don't want to speak for everyone, but we're probably not thinking this way. I'm not thinking, oh, they're horrible parents. But every time we watch them, Melissa's just like, oh, such horrible parents. How do you forget your kids? And how do you do it twice? Uh, And and I know it's a movie, but it's fun to watch, and and it's fun to watch how it navigates and and what that looks like. And you know something really funny? Did you know that Jesus was also left behind? That he was taken to a city that was not his home, and he was left there? I'm not even playing with you. So in the Bible, you hear about the birth of Jesus, and then you hear about his ministry. But in the book of Luke, we actually get to hear about one little instance of his life. We get one little glimpse of his life in the middle of that time period when he was 12 years old. So every year in the Jewish faith, they would go to Jerusalem for Passover. So every year they went there. And on his, uh, the year that he was 12 years old, they go there to celebrate it as well. And they have all the festivities and all the celebrations. And then the whole group leaves to head back to their hometown. And they get a day, a day in. So it's like in Home Alone, they're on the flight and they feel like they're about to land and realize, Kevin! 
I feel like Mary and Joseph were like, Jesus! Where's he at? Have you seen him? Like, they're, they're traveling with a huge entourage. So don't be too hard on them. But they have this big group, and they realize, where's Jesus? And they were a day away, so then it took a day to get back. And it wasn't until the third day that they found Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I'd be freaked out. So, real talk for a minute. When I was a kid, I got left places more times than I would like to admit. And there is nothing worse than that feeling in your heart, like, you were left behind, that you weren't cared about, that you weren't loved. And you just feel so alone, but you feel more than that, this fearfulness, this scared feeling. And I was left at a house one time. My dad had left. It actually was a house where they all spoke Spanish. I don't, I don't speak Spanish now. I definitely didn't when I was eight years old. And I was left there and I was freaking out. I didn't know what to do. And I just started walking home. And <laughs> thank God I found my way home to my mom's house. But I will never forget that moment and the feeling that I had in my heart and how afraid that I was. And it, it's crazy, as we come here to live stream every week, I actually drive by that house. I'll never forget it. It's also what I give my, um, my sense of direction. I give it because of those type of scenarios. So even though some of you might be like, oh, poor TJ, don't feel badly, it's okay, because now I never get lost. Any city I go into, I'm looking at maps beforehand, wherever I'm at, I know how to get out of there. But being left does not feel good. So as I'm reading the Bible, I'm thinking, man, Jesus, he must be panicked. He must be freaking out. He must be scared, right? Would you be scared? Would you be freaking out? Would you be panicking? I know I would have been. But as they finally find him, like, Jesus, what in the world? Why did you do this? Where have you been? We've been searching everywhere for you. I love his response. He's like, didn't you know I'd be at my father's house? to have that level of peace. Like, how do you have that level? And he's 12 years old. Jewish custom when, they're, when kids are 12 is when they start to step into the footsteps of whatever their father did. So Jesus, he followed Joseph into carpentry. But it's hard to say because Jesus came fully human, fully man, and fully God. But nobody really knows. And this is a question that I'm going to add to my list of thousands of thousands to ask God when I get to heaven. Because I want you to know, if there's a God you can figure out, that's no God at all. The mystery of our God is what's incredible and which is why you can have faith because you're never going to fully understand it. And I want to ask Jesus, like, at what point did you realize you were God? Like, at what point? And some people think it's here when he's 12 years old because he was stepping into his father's business. Another interpretation of that verse says, you should have known I'd be about my father's business. But he's at his father's house and he has peace. He's talking with rabbis and blowing their minds about his understanding about God's word. So for that three days, he was in the waiting. But he wasn't waiting for his parents to come back. He wasn't concerned and scared. He wasn't feeling this anxiety the way that I did as a kid. He was like, I'm in my father's house. I know I'm safe. Do you have that safe place? Do you have that safe feeling in your life where there's that certain person? Or even getting to your house after you've been on vacation? Vacations are awesome. Who loves a vacation? But there's something special when you get back to your father's house or your own house where you feel comforted. And that's a sense that Jesus lived in, even at 12 years old, which just is mind-boggling to me that he's 12 years old and he has that level of understanding and connection with his father where he's at peace. He's not worried about where Mary and Joseph are at that time. So let's not be too hard on Mary and Joseph either because one of the parts that I left out on it is as you're reading that verse, it says Jesus stayed behind. <laughs> so unlike me, he did, it seems like he willingly stayed behind because he was about his father's business. He wanted to hang out in his father's house. I'm like, all right, Jesus, well, you had that. 
you're the son of God. Of course you're going to have peace like that. So how do we have that kind of peace? What does that look like in our lives to have that kind of peace? Because we're in the waiting right now. I don't know what you're waiting for. I know I gave a list of different things at the beginning of this message, but we're all waiting for something. And some of those seasons might be difficult and challenging. You might be fighting sickness, and you don't understand why you're waiting. And I, I'm telling you what, I almost wore my mask for this message because I was in so many tears as we led into this service right here through the time of our worship. Because that song, Seasons, I, I'm talking about it again because the idea of if he's not done working, then I'm not done waiting. Are we okay to wait? How do we wait well? How do we wait with peace? Well, I want to use an example for you in the Bible. It's a great place to go for advice, the Bible. Friends are okay. You want dating advice? Still, you can go to the Bible. True story. But after, after Jesus has been preaching and has been talking to people for an entire day, he was a little tired and he looks at his disciples and says, all right, we got to get in the boat and head to the other side of the sea. We got to get to the boat, head to the other side. So I'm in Mark 4 right now, verse 35. So that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And what's really cool about this and what you have to think about sometimes is when God calls you to go somewhere, there's some people you have to leave behind. There's some phone numbers you have to either block in your phone or you need to erase. And I'm not saying this in a mean way, but you have to ask yourself, when God's calling me somewhere, I'm willing to bring anybody with me. Anybody who's willing to come, I'm willing to bring with. But if you want to stay back there, I'm sorry, I, I can't stay back there with you because God called me to go somewhere. God has called you to go somewhere. And you have to ask God, where are we going? Where are we headed? They're getting in the boat to go to the other side. What does that look like for your life? How does that influence your life? Are you having time in prayer? Asking God, what is it you're saying to me and what do you want me to do? Those are two very important questions that we can ask. And in this moment, Jesus is telling them, let's get on the boat and go to the other side. There were also other boats with him. A very short sentence that's thrown in there, but it's so cool because your calling is going to pull some other people with you. So those people that decide not to stay behind and want to come with you, God's got a plan and a purpose through your life to impact their lives. But as they get into the boat, I, I don't know what they're thinking. Jesus, where are we headed? What's going on? The wonder of what's going to happen next. What's next on this adventure? Because Jesus has brought them on quite the adventure where they continue to see lives changed and transformed. Healing take place. And as they're on this boat, going to the other side, a furious squall came up. A furious squall. If you don't know what a squall is, it's like a super storm on the ocean. There's a movie called White Squall that is awesome. Back in the day, it brings back memories because my grandparents took me to the movie theater to see it. But it's this huge storm, and it's based on a true story where it actually took out a ship. And there was a captain that was very well acquainted with water. So this squall hits Water's going everywhere, and it says, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Do you feel like you're in a boat right now and you're sinking? Do you feel swamped? Do you feel like you can't catch your breath? It's coming at you from every side, and it was at night right now, and this squall would also hit any stars. The moon, if it were up, it would have hit that. So here it's pitch black, and storms are coming everywhere. And the disciples were fishermen. So it's not like they were some amateurs on a boat trying to figure things out. They were fishermen that were used to the seas. They probably were used to this very sea going out and fishing on it. But watch how, they, how, how Jesus responds to this moment. Jesus was in the stern, 
sleeping on a cushion. Sleeping on a cushion like, Jesus, we're about to die. And he, a cushion is an intentional thing. Like, you're panicked and he's on a pillow. <laughs> you're freaking out and he's just reclined back, laying on a pillow. He knew the storm was coming. He still took the time to get a pillow, go get himself comfortable and lay down. And it's classic. It is classic the way that the disciples respond. They woke him up and said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, or peace, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. See, there's some moments in our lives where we face some chaos. There's external chaos all around us, but peace is about what Jesus wants to do to bring a calm internally. So you might be getting hit with winds, hit with waves, rain just hitting you in the face, and you feel like you can't go on any further. And right there, Jesus, he's chilling on a pillow. And it doesn't mean that he, he doesn't care. But there's something for you in the waiting, in that storm. Because in our lives, we're going to find ourselves in one of three places. We're either going into a storm, in the middle of a storm, or on the way out of it. That's just the way that life works. And when I was left behind as a kid, I was traumatized from that. But now, through my relationship with Jesus, I see how God used that. So there's a storm in your life right now. There's chaos that you're facing externally that you feel like has got you crippled and paralyzed and you can't go on any further. But just know that you might be feeling like you're in the midst of chaos, but Jesus is still calm. And Jesus is still in control. He is calm and in control because he's got a plan and a purpose through that storm. But as you're waiting for that storm to pass, just continue to cling to Jesus and say, what do you have for me next? What do you have for me next? What do you have for me next? Because he wants to work through that storm. But he's not scared in that storm. The enemy tries to use fear to throw us off track. But we have, we have the ability to respond through faith. You have to have faith when you're in the waiting it is no fun to wait. Our kids have been counting days till Christmas since we've been on like day 45 now. Counting down, is it almost Christmas yet? How many days? Asking Alexa, and then Alexa responds, and asking Siri, all these different technology that are responding to us and telling us how far we are from Christmas because there's this anticipation about waiting. But there is a way that we can wait well, and we can wait with peace. So the title of this message, some of you are like, man, you never said the title, and you're taking notes right now. So it's The Sea, The Storm, and The Shalom. The Sea, The Storm, and The Shalom. See, because Jesus called them out onto the sea. They were hit by a storm. But shalom, shalom in Hebrew means peace. Jesus is peace. He is the prince of peace. So he had a peacefulness about him in the middle of that storm where he was not concerned because he knew that God had a plan through it all. But he also wants to give you that peace. He wants you to be able to rest peacefully no matter what you're facing because it's not the end. Whatever you're in the middle of, it is not the end. It is not the end. So they're in the middle of the storm. See, because not only is God the one who cares, but he is also in control. And he can use calm. He can use calm in the most difficult and chaotic moments of our lives.
I don't know about you, but sometimes I have control issues. I want to be able to control everything. I want to ensure that I can make sure everything's in alignment. Sometimes waiting peacefully means that I'm going to let go of control. And I'm going to trust the fact that God is in control. And whatever it is that I'm in the middle of, whatever addiction that I'm facing, whatever struggles and trials or anything that we are facing as people, because we all go through it, that God is in control and he wants to help you through that storm. But you don't have to be afraid. And the way that, the, that he responds to the disciples, he says, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Time after time, they've seen Jesus show up. Jesus respond. Jesus heal people. Forgive them of their sins. And yet again, they're freaking out on the boat. And he's like, do you still not have faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. We think the grass is greener, but Jesus calms the storm and they're still terrified. But sometimes we have to replace the type of fear that we have. Because as I read this, and when it says that they were still terrified, when they still had fear, fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So Jesus continues to tell us, and through the Bible it says, do not fear. Do not fear worldly things, but we should fear God. And fearing God is the beginning of knowledge. It is awe and reverence for God. God can turn your fear into faith. And you can use that faith to sit in fear of God, in awe and reverence of what he wants to do. He's going to calm your storm. It might not happen when you want it to or how you want it to, but he will calm that storm. But in the middle of the chaos, he can calm your soul. He can calm your soul. He can give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. When I was 12 years, or when I was 8 years old, similar to Jesus being left at 12, and I'm 8 years old and I'm walking home, there was no calm for me at all. But since stepping into a relationship with Jesus, I've been faced with so many times of waiting. Waiting two plus years to try to have a kid. Waiting two plus years to try to sell our house to move to Racine to, to launch Soul Revival Church. Not understanding, like, God, what did you call me to? Is this even true? Did I hear your voice right? Just because you're waiting, you can have peace, but don't let that dictate the fact that you're going to step away from your calling. That's what the enemy wants. He wants to use the fear of the storm to pull you back. But I got to tell you something. Do not be afraid of the storm. I don't care how big it is. Because the storm is afraid of our God because he is bigger. Do not be afraid of how big the storm is. Because the storm is afraid of how big our God is. And he is in control. Doesn't matter how much chaos we're facing. He is in control. What fear are you holding on to right now? You're waiting. You're waiting for God to respond. And you feel like there's just so much chaos in your life. But if you turn to Jesus, because you need to know that Jesus is in that boat. Jesus is with you in the storm. And I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, whatever. They actually saw Jesus. He calmed the storm so they were good. I'm not physically seeing Jesus. 
Well, here's the thing about who God is and what Jesus did for us. He's modeling through his life what it looks like, but he at one point tells his disciples, I must go so that something greater than me can come. The advocate, the counselor, the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus came and he lived a perfect life, showed us what it looks like, but then when he died for us, when he died for our imperfections and rose again and is seated on high, when he rose up, the Father sent the Holy Spirit down. So when you say yes to a relationship with Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit residing within you. You have your Father's house wherever you go. I'm going to ask our worship team to come up. You have your Father's house wherever you go. I'm going to say that again to somebody because he dwells within us and he can give us a peace. So no matter how much external chaos that you are facing, there is an inward calm that you can have. When I have moments and I'm feeling like I have no calm and no peace, I turn on some worship music. Go to a place where no one's at and just jump around, sing, dance, and glorify the Lord because that can bring a peace. We have to be in proximity to God to find that peace. And the proximity that he has for us is that I've given you my Holy Spirit so you can dwell in the house of the Father. Wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, whatever you're going through. Jesus telling them that, didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? They were about the father's business when they were on that boat. See, but the sea, the seas that we face within our lives can be both foreign and familiar. Sometimes it's the same person that you keep going back to. Sometimes it's the same job that you struggle and you have difficulties with. Other times, those foreign fears can be the ones that you're looking off to go do something that you feel like God has called you to, but there keeps being barrier after barrier after barrier. And you're saying, you know what, this storm, I don't feel like I'm in the waiting. I just need to quit. Do not give up. Do not turn back. Stay firm to what God has called you to because he wants to give you a calm in the middle of chaos. Because there are seas in life, both foreign and familiar. But the storms that we face, the squalls that we face that come at us, it's the fear of the enemy trying to deter us from stepping to what we're doing, what God has called us to do. So as you're waiting and you face more opposition and more squalls come at you, do not get discouraged. Get more confident in those moments because the more opposition you face, it means you're operating in the right direction. The more opposition you face, is a sign that you're living out your faith. Because God wants to use you, but as he's using you to do great things, there are seasons of waiting. He could have saved us in a second, but instead he sent a child. He sent Jesus as a baby, and that's what we're looking to celebrate here in Christmas. But that's not where it stopped. There was another 33 years before he stepped into his ministry waiting, seasons of waiting, but what God wants to do in the waiting is to prepare you for your destiny. And you can have a peace in the waiting, a peace that surpasses all understanding. And then the people in your life, when they look at you and say, how in the world did they have such peace right now when we're going through such turmoil? And you can say, Jesus. Jesus is why I can have calm in the middle of this chaos. Because I have a God that I trust. And he said, get onto the boat. We're going to the other side. God doesn't, he does not take back his promises. He is no manly, worldly father. Some of you are like, yeah, but what kind of father is that? I didn't have a father there for me either. It was hard and I struggled being able to accept a God that loved me like an ultimate father would. 
But when he calls you somewhere, he's going to take you there because he's got a plan on the other side of that storm. I do not care how big the squall is because I've got a savior that's so much bigger. Do not be afraid of how big the storm is because the storm is afraid of how big our God is. And you can face it and you can get through it. And there are all the disciples in one boat. And there were more boats together, but we got to do it together. And as we follow, as we follow God through these seas and these storms of life, he will give us a shalom. He will give us peace. Come to me, those who are weary, and I will give you rest. Jesus is there for the brokenhearted. There's nothing you can do to earn his love. Nothing whatsoever, but he wants to meet you exactly where you're at and say, I can give you a peace. I can give you a peace that no one else is going to understand, that no worldly circumstance can touch. So if people say to fulfill my calling, I have to go through some storms, I say, bring it on because I've got a savior that's so much bigger. Will you come with me? Because God, if you're not done working, I am not done waiting. There are storms that we're going to continue to face, but it's okay. Because you might be panicked, but Jesus is on a pillow. You can have that peace through the Holy Spirit. And today you might be in this room, or you might be online, you might be watching this later, but you might say, I've never said yes to a relationship with Jesus. Well, the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved just accepting that yes I believe that Jesus came that he died for me and that he rose again that is what I believe and you not only get eternal life but you get the Holy Spirit you get to have the father's house and you can be about your father's business so that when you face those squalls it's okay because you've got a savior who's right there with you so if you've never made that decision today I'm gonna count to three and if you're online, you don't have to throw it in the comments. We'd love it if you would, though. You can let us know. You can let someone know that's been praying for you, that's been inviting you to church. But there is something about making an outward declaration that makes it so much more real in our hearts. So right now, if you're feeling that you, and you believe that, you're saved. But it does say, confess with their mouth. So when I count to three, I just want you to shout out, I believe. Throw in the comments section, I believe. Tell a friend that you believe belief. Christmas season, lots of talk about belief, but belief is a confidence and things hoped for and belief in things not seen. So although you might not be able to see Jesus, he's not literally in your boat right now, but as he ascended into heaven, you have the Holy Spirit residing in your heart to lead and guide your life, to give you a calm in the midst of chaos. One, Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. Two, you have got a band of brothers and sisters in Christ that are with you forever. And three, if that's you, can you just say, I believe? Can you throw in the comments section and say, I believe? There's so much freedom through the belief that we have through Jesus. And we can wait well and we can have peace. We can have a calm in the middle of the chaos. Because there are seas of life that we're all trying to navigate. There are storms that are coming at us. But there is a shalom that we can have in the midst of it. A peace that circumstances can't touch. So as we respond to what God's been speaking to each and every one of us this morning, myself included, we're going to respond by singing seasons again. 
Maybe just read the lyrics on your screen. Maybe just close your eyes and just let it come into your heart. But think about what these lyrics are and about the confidence we can have and the peace that we can have as we follow a perfect Savior. Whatever you're facing, whatever trials that you're facing right now, just know you don't have to be panicked. And it's okay that Jesus is on a pillow because he's got you. I want to pray for us. God, I thank you so much. I thank you for those who made the decision right now to step into a relationship with you. I thank you for the freedom that we have in your name. And I pray that no matter how many storms that we face, we're reminded of the strength of our Savior and the grace that's given freely. In the midst of any chaos that we face, God, we pray for a calm and a peace that can break through any storm. God, I thank you for those who said yes to a relationship with you today. That they say to forgive them of their sins and you see their sin as far as the east is from the west. And their inheritance is a kingdom living life. A destination of heaven for the future, but right now they can live in peace as they follow you. God, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.